This week's episode of the Art Tactic Podcast is brought to you by ArtCloud. ArtCloud's trusted by thousands of galleries, artists, and collectors worldwide. ArtCloud's all-in-one art management solution, an integrated art marketplace, is the fastest growing of its kind. You can use ArtCloud's marketplace to discover and buy exceptional pieces tailored for your taste, share your favorites with friends and fellow art enthusiasts, and even use the app to visualize artwork in your own space. If you're an artist or gallery, plug into ArtCloud's best-in-class art management platform, including easy-to-use client inventory management, sales assistance, and the opportunity to grow your business by placing your art on ArtCloud's booming marketplace. So, are you ready to explore ArtCloud? Registration's free, so sign up now on artcloud.com. That's spelled A-R-T-C-L-D.com. Thanks for listening to the Art Tactic Podcast. I'm Adam Green. In this week's episode, we're here with Katja Kazakina, art market reporter for Bloomberg News, to recap last week's major auctions. Katja, it's great having you back on. How have you been? Been great. Thanks a lot for having me. I think it's only natural to start with the Da Vinci, which sold for $450 million in Christie's post-war and contemporary auction. It was an incredible result, and I think an interesting aspect of the sale was the lead-up to it for many reasons, and one of which was that some prominent individuals in the art world came out and even questioned the authenticity of the work. I'm curious from those you spoke to, what were price expectations and even discussions like leading up to the sale, and then what was the reaction like after it sold for $450 million, of course shattering the record for the most expensive artwork ever sold? Um. Well, it was, you know, I think it was a surprise from the very moment it was announced and Christie's, you know, they guarded it um, very closely um, leading up to even the announcement. And, um, you know, I sort of found out earlier a little bit that they're going to be offering the uh, Warhol, the, you know, the 60 Last Suppers inspired by uh, Da Vinci. So it was um really a great combination to have those two works together, very smart sort of from the marketing perspective. And it it was just really a big surprise, I think, for everyone, um, A, to have this work come to the market, B, to be offered the post-run contemporary sale, um, kind of the concept of it was all um, unexpected. And I think it really pushed a lot of buttons and provoked uh, lots of reactions, negative many negative, you know, we know, of course, a very, uh, very prominent, you know, critic, Jerry Feld, the day before the sale, he, he wrote a big uh, piece, um, pretty much trashing it completely. And, and, um, you know, and, you know, at the auction house, I spoke with the specialists um, kind of throughout and um, let's say like week leading up to the sale, um, they really you know, they didn't really know what's going to happen. Um, I heard that kind of one expectation was that, you know, it's either going to sell on one bid um, to the guarantor because there was the piece was guaranteed uh, by a third party, which basically ensured that it will sell um, at a minimum price um, of the guarantee, which was understood to be around $100 million. Or it would go in a flurry of bids and it would go a lot. But like when I talked to some of the top Christie's people before they sell, a lot was like uh, maybe like 150 or maybe 200. But the the number that it went for, I don't think was ever 
conceived by anyone, um, just because it was so far out, really. <laughs> so the reactions afterwards was uh, really fascinating um, to be in the room and to watch the bidding war. And um, I think we, you know, I've said this before, we just never... Um, never heard. I mean, for me, just to hear those numbers, you know, 200 million, 300 million, 350 million pronounced in the context of the auction sales was, was just surreal, you know. Um, and uh, and I think it was so surprising, again, for everyone. It was a room full of millionaires, billionaires, we, you know, Tom Hill, major, major collectors, Eli Broad, Tom Hill, Steve Cohen, they were all there watching the sale. A lot of people were filming it on their iPhones. And, um, you know, and, and um, I think the reactions afterwards were just people were stunned. I mean, they, they were just stunned. Um, I um, ran into Larry Gagosian afterwards, and he said, Jesus Christ. <laughs> that, that was his reaction. And, uh, you know, I think Eli Broad just, you know, he just like, you know, rose his arms, and he's just like, unbelievable. This is really unbelievable. And this is the guy who's seen a lot of uh, unusual and big numbers and big sales and been around for a while. And, uh, you know, people thought that now it kind of opens um, a, a way to, to for us to even kind of contemplate a billion-dollar painting in the future. You know, some people thought that it would be um, just like a very smart business decision for someone who uh, may be considering opening a museum or has recently opened a private museum or, you know, just because we've seen during the marketing campaign of this piece, uh, that it drew, despite the criticism and despite the doubts about its authenticity and about the condition and restoration and all these different things, it, it really drew a huge crowds um, wherever Christie took and they flew it to San Francisco and Hong Kong and uh, London and New York and uh, they. Uh, you know, they hired an outside agency, ad agency that produced this uh, video showing people uh, looking at the painting with tears in their eyes and totally in awe. Um, this is kind of an interesting, again, marketing um, move. Um, anyway, so so someone, if, if, if it does go to a museum, it certainly will command a lot of, um, it would definitely boost attendance. <laughs> Yeah, it was uh, an unbelievable sale. We haven't seen something like it ever, really. And uh, yeah, as you said, it'll be amazing to see if something comes close to it in the future. Over So overall, the sales totals were strong and they surpassed last November's auctions. Given that, do you have a sense as to how the market's feeling about the prices achieved in the sales? Is is there any concern that prices may be getting out of control for certain artists? There could be potentially a bubble developing, or overall, do you feel like people are feeling pretty optimistic about where things are? So I think that uh, I would say optimism is a good word to describe it. The results were, I guess, now close to two point two billion uh, for this round versus about 1.3 billion a year ago. So that's like almost 70% up on a year. But if you take away the Da Vinci, it goes down to 30% up, which is also a really strong uh, increase. And um, a couple of things um, that uh, I noticed was that, uh, you know, we've seen a lot of um, Asian bidding 
uh, for um, especially for impressionist and modern artworks. In those sales, it was very very um, active, and uh, Christie's. Um, I guess they um, they said that a third of the lots in the impressionist and modern art evening sale were purchased by Asian clients, and Sotheby's. Uh, Impressionist and Modern Evening Sale, there were, I guess, five of the top ten pieces were purchased by Asian clients, including Monet and Chagall and Suzanne and Gauguin. And then um, also an Asian client bought the Mao by Warhol from the Contemporary Sale. Um, at Phillips, there was a, a beautiful um, Picasso work on paper that was estimated for like one to one and a half and uh, sold for much more uh, than that. And uh, that also went uh, probably to Asia. It was uh, an Asian um, specialist who was the winner. So that was, and we've seen like places like Indonesia and Taiwan and Japan. And, you know, of course, China was the most, um, the strongest participation as always. But um, it seems to me that maybe there are new kind of a, flock of collectors there who are coming into the market and as we know a lot of times collectors new collectors in particular they start by acquiring works of um, kind of regional artists and uh, and then they kind of go f for more uh, classical material and that includes impressionist and modern artworks so I wonder if there is kind of a, a new group of collectors who are entering the market in Asia, which, you know, from looking from another perspective, you know, a recent report by UBA said that there are now more billionaires in Asia than even in the U.S. So there's just, you know, ma massive, massive uh, wealth creation and uh, an art is all seen so universally now among, you know, 1% of the wealthiest population as a good store of value, good investment, you know, trophy piece, you know, so uh, it's interesting. Those are some fascinating figures about the Asian collector's presence in these sales. Um, and definitely, may, you know, explain some of the reasons for some of the price increases we've seen. On another note, I had heard some discussions about figurative art really coming back into style recently after we saw abstract art really dominate the scene the past few years, especially when talking about younger emerging artists. Was that trend on display during the sales last week? Yeah, we've seen a bit of that. Um, especially, I would say, um, at Phillips. You know, Phillips usually leads on uh, the kind of a young art uh, market. And um, so one artist that I've been following and watching and written about is Cheryl Hughes. And um, her prices, um, she's been working for a couple of decades, um, but, you know, she's in her, I think, early, in her 30s. And um, she, um, she's, she's been, uh, her works um, have been included in the Whitney Biennial um, earlier this year. And she had this beautiful room of these sort of um, very lush, beautiful uh, landscapes, um, just beautiful palette, very vibrant. And uh, surely enough, right after, you know, that in the sales in May and in June and even in October in London, there have been uh, several of her earlier works. And um, last week, a piece of hers uh, sold for a record uh, price um, was in the 
thousand range, I think eighty five, and uh, interestingly, it was um, yeah, it was sold for eighty five thousand, and the estimate was ten to fifteen thousand dollars. So there was quite a bidding war for that, and then. Um, in the same sale, um, see another uh, artist, um, Khan Trubkovich, um, also very um, kind of a, he's been working for, I don't know, I would say like 15 probably years at least, probably more, and um, um, also works in kind of a genre that mixes a little bit of duration and abstraction, and um, so, but figurative really work uh, mostly. And uh, so his work set an auction record at 56 thousand um, dollars in that same sale and you know um, definitely um, you know there 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 are some artists like of course Catherine Bernhard you know had a again also pretty strong result and uh, Leslie Vance I mean so Nicole Eisenman so you know people who um, have been working in the uh, figurative genre you know, we're seeing more of them at auction, and I wonder if um, going forward we'll see some new names because um, just just kind of watching the gallery scene um, this September um, in New York and also at, at some fairs, the works by you know I I did a story earlier this year about the young female artists uh, who work in figurative style, or, you know, often surreal with surreal kind of bent and um, to it. Um, have sold out shows, um, which I guess hasn't been the case, in, you know, in the last year. Um, you know, those sold out shows and it, it, that that style again seems to be very hot with collectors. And you know, again, as we know now, the the time between you know a sold out gallery show and an auction appearance, you know. It's very narrow. Uh, people flip things, and you know, again, on a, on a kind of a more, I would say, a higher price point. The same um, uh, we've seen the figurative work, um, like say, Carrie James Marshall, um, very strong result, um, an auction record. Uh, also, recent work uh, flipped, and uh, you know, Jonas Wood um, also. Fairly recent work resold um, all, 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 all figurative. So we talked, we touched on the Da Vinci at the beginning of the episode, and beyond that, and some of the other uh, figurative artists you just named. Who, in your eyes, were some of the big winners uh, of the week as a result of the auctions? Um, I think you know it's interesting. You know, in terms of. Um, if you just look as an investment, you know, if you look at art as an investment, I, um, I was watching one of the pieces that interested me was this um, Cy Twombly piece um, called Bacchus. And um, it uh, it was at Christie's, the same sale as, as the Da Vinci. And uh, it's that, it was really big, beautiful red loops um, on, on canvas. It was made in 2005, you know, at the time, um, of, uh, it was exhibited first in a special exhibition at Gagosian, and um, in that show, prices were um, I, I learned were about let's say four million dollars, and uh, this piece sold for forty six million. So that's let's say twelve years. Yeah. The pretty pretty sweet pre- pretty sweet price appreciation, I would say. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Um, so that that was uh, that one thing that I and, and it wasn't even a crazy bidding, you know, for that piece. I think everybody was so stunned by the 
uh, Da Vinci that kind of sucked all the air out of the room for a while. But, um, you know, it's also interesting. Um, the uh, I think that at Sotheby's there was a collection of um, works on paper. Um, and, um, you know, it was, you know, this very prominent New York family, and they um, they really took care of it, collected it over the years, and you know, apparently kept it in like this very dark place. Like really took care of it, so they were in really great conditions. And it's works on paper, so very intimate works uh, by all the right names, all the major artists. You know, Picasso and Jasper Johns, and and, uh, and there's Pollock and and Barnett Newman, and you know John Curran. I mean, it's like the, the whole like plethora of, of artists that you know are very hot in the market. But um, there's there were some paper, and so the estimate for the collection, I guess, sort of, I heard that the guarantee was about maybe 50 million. So the value, the, the family wanted to sell it for 50 million, and uh, and that every single work sold. Um, Man, it was it was large. Um, I don't remember exactly the number of works in it, but dozens and dozens of works, and every single piece sold, and um, it it got like for like sixty sixty million dollars. So that was very interesting and and impressive, and it also just shows that you know we've just gone through this kind of cycle of bigger, everything's bigger, the artworks are bigger, the prices are higher, and you know, the auction are more bloated. And it, it's sort of heartening to see that, you know, there are collectors who can, you know, just very maybe methodically and passionately pursue this path, you know, of collecting, uh, maybe on a much more modest scale and, and do so well, you know, uh, over time. And the money is going to a foundation, non-profit foundation, so I'm sure they'll do good stuff with it. Um, so that, that was um, kind of interesting as well. Yeah, that really is an interesting story and really shows you that there's a lot of demand in the market, even for works on paper, if they're strong works by great, highly coveted artists. Katya, thanks so much for coming on the podcast and dissecting last week's major sales in New York. It's always great to have your insights, and our listeners should definitely check out all of your articles that you wrote covering the auctions uh, on Bloomberg News. And for our listeners, what's the latest article that you've worked on? Oh, well, just the last one was about um, the Rockefeller estate that will be the big story of next year, and the highlights are being just unveiled uh, actually in two days in Hong Kong. Um, a Christie's, and there is a beautiful Picasso and incredible Matisse and Monet. I mean, it's just some works. I think they they're gonna go for a lot of money. <laughs> we'll see if they reach a half a billion dollars. <laughs> Katya, thanks so much again. We always appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thanks to Art Cloud for sponsoring this week's episode of the Art Tactic Podcast. Trusted by thousands of galleries, artists, and collectors worldwide, ArtCloud's all-in-one art management solution, an integrated art marketplace, is the fastest growing of its kind. Use ArtCloud's marketplace to discover and buy exceptional pieces tailored for your taste, share your favorites with friends and fellow art enthusiasts, and use the app to visualize artwork in your own space. If you're an artist or gallery, plug into ArtCloud's best-in-class art management platform including easy-to-use client inventory management, sales assistance, and the opportunity to grow your business by listing your art on ArtCloud's booming marketplace. Are you ready to explore ArtCloud? 
Registration's free, so sign up now on artcloud.com. That's spelled A-R-T-C-L-D.com. And request a demo today.